Welcome to the Shot of Espresso podcast, presented to you by Ray's Ramblings. Are you on a mission to be great? Because life is way too short to not make the most of it. My name is Ray Gardner, and I wanted this podcast to serve as a mirror, and for you to look in the mirror and hold yourself accountable to be the best version of yourself. Let's be great together. Let's get it, people. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Shot Expresso brought to you by Ray's Ramblings. All right, it's our first episode of 2021, and we're going to kick this thing off right. All right, I'm with my guy, all right, Justin Steely. What's up, baby? How you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Just enjoying this beautiful weather out here in Salt Lake City. Man, look, I, I don't understand how I'm the one in the hoodie in Florida, man. What, what's your dress attire looking like? Yo, I got shorts on and it's and a t-shirt. I was just outside like doing yard work and moving trash cans. I'm it, it's 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 perfect. Hey man, hey, uh like I ain't gonna lie to you, I'm a little jealous right now. First off, it's hard for me to walk because of my Achilles. Secondly, uh, I'm in a hoodie, so uh I'm just I need you to man to bring the positivity to this thing. So what I wanted to do is bring you in and introduce my guy. All right, so Justin Steely is a professional speed skater, Olympic hopeful, and a future realtor, right? Already done, already passed the test, right? Yes, yes. Last Friday, um, took my exam and luckily passed it on the first shot and got all my paperwork filed, just waiting, waiting for my license to come in. So things are moving in the right direction right now. So people say that's a hard test, man. Uh, How did you pass the first time? I know several people who didn't. Um, honestly, there's, there might be tests where you can cram and get by and nothing I read or saw anywhere said that that, that was the way you should handle that test. So I just had to do the studying and the questions, man, it, I've never doubted myself so much in my life with the stuff that I actually knew. They, I feel like there was three questions that could have been right out of the four for everyone. So okay. it's, uh, yeah, they don't play around with that test either. I got, I had to do some lunges, rub down each one of my legs, check behind my ears. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, they don't play. Hey, man, whatever you got to do to make it through, man. Um, so this is what I want to do with you. All right, so whenever I bring in someone, uh, instead of asking them a whole bunch of boring questions, what's your name, where you from, all of that stuff, uh, what I do is uh, I put it through a 60-second 60, 60 fire round where I ask you as many questions as possible. Some of it is this or that. Some of it will be like, what's your favorite, blah, blah, blah. All right, so uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock. All right, and I want you to answer as many questions as you possibly can, all right, as accurate and as fast as you can. All right? Bring that fire. All right, you know I'm going to come with it. All right, so we're going to start this thing in five seconds. All right, so three, two, one, and perfect. All right, so when you're working out, do you prefer legs or upper body? Legs all day. All right, what's the fav- was your favorite place you ever skated? Um, Medellin, Colombia. All right, so what's your favorite sport outside of skating? To play soccer, to watch football. Okay, so uh, who's your favorite soccer player, Ronaldinho or Messi? Ooh, ooh, Ron- Ronaldinho. Alright, alright. What's your favorite song to listen to before a race? Till I collapse, Eminem. Alright, if you're gonna eat terrible, alright, which one uh would you indulge in? Uh Wendy's or Taco Bell? Taco Bell. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, uh uh who's the best speed skater of all time? Chad Hedrick. 
Okay. Describe your wonderful fiance in one word. Magical. All right. Uh, describe one way that your wonderful fiance makes you a better person, Jay. Keeps me focused on the task and keeps me driven. All right. You in the process of having a kid. Do you want your child to skate? I want my kid to do whatever makes him happy. Well, all right. Favorite quote. There's no shortcut to any place worth going. Mm. Favorite video game. FIFA. Any year. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Last two questions. All right. If you had to get rid of two of these things, which two would you get rid of? All right. Being a skater, realtor, or a father. Speed skating and being a realtor, hands down. Easy, easy. All right, uh, so last question. All right, describe your most epic win ever speed skating. Most epic win, 2008 season. I made my first World Cup team and beat um, this guy in the 10K to make my first World Cup team only 14 months after putting on a pair of ice skates. Ooh. So why, why was that so impressive? Out of all the years you've been skating? Um, well, first off, I switched over to ice skating in 2006. And okay. to be on the ice for only 14 months, this kid was like the, the up-and-comer, and I had to beat him by five seconds in a 10K. That's 25 laps around a 400-meter oval. Wow. And he was with five to go, he was beating me by about four seconds. So I had to turn on – I had to find some a next level. And anytime you find that next level in speed skating – you don't forget about it. Is it is it kind of like being in the zone? Um, it's being in the zone, but with a sport that hurts so much, there's no faking okay. it. You have to find uh, like a a find find something else. Okay, okay, Ooh. okay. That's that's completely different. I can't wait to dive into the summer stuff because speed skating from the outside looking in seems so different, and some of the things in my head. I feel like I can't compare them to basketball and football, some of the things I I, I hear. So um, our common ground, when I was doing some research, uh, you spent a lot of time in Michigan, right? Right, yeah. I lived there for a few years uh, training and um, a lot of hard training and competing in Michigan, in like the Detroit metro area. See, this, this is what I don't get, Justin. This is what I don't get, all right? So – you got a lot of people refer to, especially with the Red Wings and stuff like that. People say people refer to Detroit as like hockey town, or or like you know. And it's it's funny to refer to Detroit as a any sport that has skating in it. And the only time I ever skated was at the skating rink uh, back when I was like in middle school trying to talk to all the girls. It was like the weirdest thing ever, man. Right. So like, um, so where exactly did you skate at? How did you get into the sport in the first place? Well, I mean, we're, then we start talking about two different sports in line and speed skating, but really like in Michigan, uh, they had a family there. Their daughter was on team USA in line speed skating okay. as a junior. And they have always Michigan. They've always had a lot of roller rinks and that's where the, I think skating yeah. really like, was huge, like on the outskirts, like in Canton or Shelby Township, or ah, like, okay, okay, yeah. So there, it's a lot of the surrounding areas. When you hear Detroit, you don't think speed skating or hockey, because like inside, like downtown Detroit, you don't see it. That's not where you're gonna see. It. You're gonna see it outside of right Detroit, 
or like in Midway or Grand Rapids, that's where you're going to see those like ice skating clubs. And so it's, it's a, it's a pretty big mix pot out there in Michigan with the sports and how, what you could find and how prevalent it is in these certain like neighborhoods and towns. Well, like, like, as you say this, it kind of makes sense, man. Uh, it kind of makes sense because uh, in Detroit, in the heart of Detroit, where I'm from, I mean, it was nothing but uh, football or basketball. Uh, but outside of it uh, was soccer. And in the Upper Peninsula, it's a lot of snow and there's a lot of uh, indoor stuff. Like, I, I originally, I had a, a scholarship to Northern Michigan where uh, it was the only, what well, it was the only college uh, I ever heard of with uh, – indoor football field like you know they had a dome and i know oh, wow. you got one and, and uh, a couple others uh but that was the first time i seen like a different version of michigan it's like it's probably like four or five different versions of michigan's which which is pretty cool growing up there man if you're from detroit you never leave detroit you know what right. i'm saying so it makes sense that uh i had no idea that people skated at all especially coming from anywhere else where are you from originally i'm originally from south louisiana uh, my family's all still there, which is already kind of crazy in its own that I became a, a pro ice skater or inline speed yeah. skater professionally. Yeah, uh, it's it's something I did since I was three years old and just okay. got into it. It's kind of weird. It's kind of different because everyone just went to roller rinks back in the day and my uncles all went and they took me to the skating rink. And it was one of those things that I really just took to. Cause you can't really ever uh, know. You never really know the answer. Like, wow, how how did I end up doing this? But it just made sense to me. It's one of those things that made sense, and I just uh, rode that wave and never stop never stopped pushing. So tell tell me a little bit about uh, your upbringing, because when I think once again Louisiana, I don't think speed skating. And to be honest, I mean it's not too many states I can think about or cities I can think about where I'm like, oh, speed skating. Yeah, if you go there, we definitely getting on the skates. Uh, tell me exactly how you you started with the, uh, how your passion and speed skating grew throughout the years. Like, like you was going to the roller rink, like you know what I'm saying. So tell me exactly like how this came about. Okay, so um, man, it all started. So my parents had me at a really young age. They got together at 14, had me at 15 and 16 years old. Oh wow! So my okay. uncles would take me to the roller rink on the weekends. Because I had I wore correct, corrective walking braces until I was three, and after I got those off, um, putting on a pair of skates with my uncles, uh, I just it, it made sense. I, I had really good balance on them, and just continue. Hold on, what is hold on, what is what is corrective walking? Um, so I was born um, with short Achilles tendons and also um, pigeon-toed and bow-legged. So I had to wear they're called twister cables. Wow. They're a little they're they're super OG looking, um, but it it tried to correct my legs so that I could walk without falling over. So uh, wow. it, luckily so, it worked, I think. So from, from from birth to three, you had trouble just walking? Yeah, I mean, I, I would walk on the outsides of my feet. My feet would like curl. Okay. Like my pinky toes were hidden until probably like five years old just from walking, folding wow. them under. Okay, okay. Wow, I never heard of that before. Yeah, it's a little different. So continue. So you okay. you had that. So yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so just um, in '91, uh, I got a pair of uh, speed 
quad speed skates and started skating with the club and competing that year. In 1993, I went to my first nationals in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and ended up winning my first year through. And at that point, I just knew speed skating was the my passion and the thing I wanted to do. And it, it also helped that I was pretty horrible at every other school sport. Like, <laughs> like hand-eye coordination was not my okay. friend. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so did you even try any other sports? Yeah, I tried. Baseball, basketball, football. Um, t- I played, I think, 30 seconds of a freshman basketball game and uh, never saw the court again. <laughs> I ate a lot of sunflower seeds for baseball season, sitting on the bench with probably one other dude. Yeah, it wasn't a, I wasn't, I wasn't dude they was calling on. So, uh, so it's one thing to, uh, to be good at, at a sport and then, you know, continuously play it. But what, what made you have your dreams set to go into Olympics? Did you see somebody? Did you know somebody? So, um, I think the big, the big one was 2006 watching the Olympics in Torino, Italy. Okay. So ice skating around the world now is filled with X inline speed skaters that an inline speed skating not be an Olympic sport. The only way to achieve that Olympic dream is that you have to tr- transition over and, and take that route. And 2006, especially for the US was the first year I got to see Apollo Ono on TV um, winning a gold, and I got to see Chad Hedrick, that's the inline speed skater from Texas that I grew up watching. Okay. Um, he, he won a gold, silver, and a bronze at that game. So I, I, I knew if I need, wanted to ever achieve the Olympic dream, I would have to uh, put up or shut up, you know, just make the move out here to Utah. I've never been here before. I loaded wow. my Honda up with some Tupperware containers of clothes and <laughs> printed up a map quest. And, <laughs> <laughs> that was before GPS. Oh yeah, I didn't even have ice skates. I, I got here or a place to live. I got here, stayed with the buddy for a few days, and ordered skates online. And it was that first like, if you want to do something, you'll do it by any means necessary, okay. even if it means struggling. Okay. So what? So what's the difference between the two sports? Oh man, there's the di- there's a lot of similarities, but the difference okay. is so I'd say the Similar, obviously, is the skating mechanics. Okay, um, yeah. Inliners tend to have a certain a dig and a, like a next gear that that's required for ice skating. But the big difference for the ice skating side, it's super technical and insanely taxing on your legs because you don't get to rest your hands on your knees or use your body as much. It's really a lot of static down in position. Uh, there's no, sh- there's no faking it. It hurts. If you skate bad, it hurts. If you skate good, it hurts, it hurts just the same. Yeah, there's no, there's no way around it. So when you, so my, uh, my question is, so the highest level you can get in inline speed skating is what? Um, you could make the world championship team. So I've been on. Team USA for inline speed skating my first year in 07, then in 2010, and then almost every year after that for the exception of like two different seasons. Okay. Um, to, to be a world champion is the highest echelon you can get. The highest I've gotten was winning a bronze medal in 2012. Never quite got that gold, had some close ones, but it's, it's elusive. 
So when when you doing that, um, so like you mentioned the bronze earlier, and you said that was your greatest uh, achievement. Like, how can you compare that that bronze to the first time you won any match? Period. Well, just knowing that you're up against the best in the world, and especially in a 500 meter, that race in particular, so only four skaters are allowed in each heat and only two qualify in advance. And with so many countries, you end up with eight stages of heats against the best in the world to make it to that final where you could still come up with the fourth place and no medal at all. So it's, it's it's... emotionally it's physically just stressful and draining but to to get any medal at a world championships is extremely hard so that that's that's why that's kind of that that big one for me see that that makes sense man uh because you know i, I think about um sports as a youth and i remember you know first scoring a certain amount of points or touchdowns. I remember my first touchdown. Uh, but when you when you start playing in college or against people that's the best of the best of the best, when you do it in that same atmosphere in the arena, uh, it just feels a little different. You know, uh, it just feels a little different because when you when you skating, uh, just getting into it, you also going against people that's just getting into it also. So, you know, the level of competition isn't as consistent across board. You know, uh, how close were you to actually getting to the Olympics? Um, I've I've done three Olympic um, trials. Uh, my first one, I had broke my ankle the year before, so everything leading up to it. I mean, I was back on skates at eight weeks after getting a plate and four screws in my oh in my in my fibula. So even to be able to get back on skates and not quite getting to the point where I was, and just missed that by about three spots and. The 5K at the time was my best race. That was in 2010. Okay. Um, 2014, I was purely inlining and decided since I qu- I have a qualifying time, I should do Olympics, do Olympic trials without the time on the ice. And that was a crucial time where I realized that I had I blew up. I kind of embarrassed. I was on CNBC and I blew up hard. So Bro, like my fam- my family, my family watched me. Um, I don't. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It, but it was that. It was that one eye opener. Like just yeah. like if if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it all the way th- throttled down. Uh, I'm gonna put the work in, cause because like uh, feeling that embarrassment of not properly preparing. And blowing up. It's one of those it's one of those things because you're you're an individual racing and whenever yeah. you die, there's no like you can't fake it to get through. You die. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you and you can't quit no the race. No, no, you just gotta try all the tricks in your bag to finish <laughs> with a little bit of face left. Like <laughs> but mm. yeah, and then the next one, um just a few years ago. I tried out for the 2018 games and uh, just came up a little short in the 1500 meter. It wasn't one of my best races, but I, lay, I laid it all out. I did the work. I managed to get back into skating back in 2017 and in one year made it back onto national team. 
Okay. And it's just been a pro- it's been a process. It's it's not an easy sport, and it's not a light field. So it just takes the work that goes into it. So tell me this. All right. So we're gonna predict because I 100% got the confidence in you that you're gonna actually qualify, right? So what is what do you feel like is the missing tool? Is it mental? Is it being a little bit more prepared? Is it being a little bit better shape? What do you feel like is the small little mental leap to go from a hopeful to a qualifier? Well, there's a there's a big there's a big mental leap and there's mental preparation that needs to happen. Okay. There's also um, physical, technical, and surrounding yourself with the best coaching staff um, that works with you because doing such um, a difficult sport technically and mentally, um, there's doubt tends to creep in. Doubt's trying to get okay. in every which way. And if you don't believe in the, in the team that you got surrounding you or the program that's built for you, uh, it just leaves too much to chance. So I think my big advantage is um, knowing these things and know, and discovering them over the years, finding all the tricks and knowing what works for me, what doesn't. And I think I'm mentally, I'm in a good place. Obviously COVID kind of wrecked shop on this season. Like it did everything yeah, yeah. else in life. Yeah. But and I, it challenged you mentally too. Oh my God. Yes. It's uh so I'm, I'm in a good headspace, getting ready to jump back into uh, base building on the bike from April till Olympic trials are set in the probably the first week of January of next year. Okay, all right. Well, like with with um with that being an individual sport, right? So like uh, I have the privilege of uh, training so many uh, tennis players, uh, some golfers, and never, and uh, swimmers. And I'm always interested in like the mental aspect. It seems from my experience, these sports are, I think every sport is, you know, 90% uh, mental. I think these sports is like 98.9% uh, mental, uh, especially you in the water. Like it's just you on the golf course. Like it's just you. So um, with that said, man, describe to me a, a day in the life of Justin training. All right. Uh, like, how do you train? Like, what time do you wake up? What's the type of things that you do, uh, both mentally and physically, to prepare yourself? Um, so, obviously, this season was a little different with everything that's going on. But a uh, typical season, so a week would be we train in mesocycles. So it's usually about three weeks, three weeks on, one week of recovery. We never call it off. We always are doing something to maintain what we built. So it's a Okay. One's, one's kind of a build-in week. Then we have a hard volume week. Then we have that max effort week where you, when you get to Saturday afternoon, that's your last training. You, you what's social life? You just want to be, you, you kind of want to die on the couch wherever you sit <laughs> after training. <laughs> but then that's just one. Then you have to re- take that, you have to take that recovery week seriously. You have to do the therapy. You have to do... So you're never just off off you're never off of training. You're always just preparing okay. for the next one. What are some of the things you do specifically? Um, specifically outside of, of the skating itself, a lot of cycling, yeah. a lot of cycling. Oh, okay. Uh, a lot of plyometrics okay. in skate okay. position, one leg, body position. So that's that heavy volume stuff. Um, and 
explosive weightlifting. I have to be careful because I'm kind of an old pappy, getting to be an old yeah. pappy in the sport. So, I mean, 30, 30, almost 30, yeah, almost 31 years of speed skating, turning one direction, my knees uh, have taken the brunt of it. So taking uh -huh. care of myself, but still you have to put in the work. See, and that's, that's what I'm always curious about because, uh, I mean, being 30 plus years into the game, uh, all on one side, uh, like, have, have your body, does it take a little longer for you to recover? Yeah, I mean, it takes a little longer to recover. Um, you wake up, like when I wake up my back, sometimes I have to do like a, a gradual stand up in the morning. Or <laughs> like my fiance sees me walking and she's like, oh my God, are you okay? I was like, oh no, it's just the morning. It takes me about yeah. 20, 20 <laughs> minutes to, to get fully upright and everything stops clicking. But then it's time to get to work. Okay, what time do you normally start around? Um, when it's a, usually at the oval at eight on ice for nine, a two-hour training. Um, okay. I'm directly off the ice. I go work for three hours on the bike, and then I have an afternoon training either on ice in the weight room or back back on the bike for a three to four-hour uh, endurance ride. So if, let's just say, uh, if unfortunate events and it's the qualifiers pushed to another year, uh, would that affect you a little bit mentally or physically, which your, uh, which your age is kind of getting up there and, uh, and your desire to keep going training as hard as you can? Um, well, that, I mean, that's kind of the struggle that this season brought to me. Okay. Um, not, no, not knowing, that's why I made the conscious decision to take this time this season to work on my future, getting my real estate license, um, a baby boy, getting engaged. Because I mean, we would, my friends that are still training for national team this season, they trained every day and their race got canceled the day before because wow. one person had COVID. And I, that's just a lot of pre preparation and mental, um, just a mental strain to have to think about whenever I have so many other things I want to prepare for after skating. I want to make sure that I build, uh, build me a base to be successful beyond skating while still being the best skater that I can be. And mm. it just made, it was some hard decisions for this season. But now that everything's starting to kind of aim back in the right direction, I have a game plan put in place, getting back with the team in April and now it's just it's going to be wreck it wreck it until the day of olympic trials so what are some of the actionable steps you didn't take uh to make sure it is life adjusting uh, outside of skating whenever it ends well you just have to like i have to think for myself um yeah. what, what i want for myself and my family skating has get, given me so many tools over the last 31 years and was able to build so many relationships, mm -hmm, but build mm -hmm. the person I build the person I am, and it's I don't think it's by coincidence. A lot of ex speed skaters are in real estate because I mean you travel the world and you have friendships and the way you learn how to communicate and the bonds you build, it's it does translate over. And finding a fiance that's also in real estate, I. I think I found something that I could truly be passionate about outside of skating. I think the hardest thing is finding passion after something 
that you've done your life that it was your number one? Ah, uh, so how, I'm, I'm interested. How did how did y'all meet? I mean, you got a bigger schedule, man, and, and uh, I'm sure it takes a lot of time and focus. So, like, how did how did y'all meet? Well, first off, you didn't got lucky. All right, so you oh, need to thank. Yeah. All right. Oh, I, I know you I got, got lucky, lucky for sure. Oh, you right. got lucky. You and I both. Yeah, I count my blessings every day. Um, <laughs> honestly, it was. A, we were on Hinge, the dating app Hinge. And, okay. Uh, okay. You was in Utah. Yeah, I had just got back from Utah. Went back to Louisiana for a whole month. Once co- when the COVID snap cracked, I went back, and then whenever I got back to Salt Lake to start training again, back on ice, uh, I just, I mean, I had so many failed dating attempts. It was kind of like going, <laughs> going, going through going the motion. Through I, I, yeah, I was gonna be a single speed skater forever. <laughs> And she was she did she still lived in LA. She was just here visiting her okay. family in Park City and we decided, wow. hey, let's just let's just go to dinner, you know. I mean, we've both had so many failed attempts. What, what, yeah, what yeah, do we yeah. have to lose? Nothing. Nothing at And point. just I think once we both let up on oh, maybe this is the one, we were just kinda like, Hey, let's we either enjoy it or we don't. Yeah, yeah. And the best chance I ever took was that one. So, what was what was that moment where you were like, yeah, this is it. I'm out of the game. Uh, well, I mean, just meeting her. So I was running like five minutes late. I didn't know where to park in Park City. So I hurry up, like text her. I'm like, sorry, running late. Parked somewhere up the hill. And I was running down Main Street, bobbing in and out of people, juke moves. And she's at the bottom of the hill just like laughing and smiling. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, we went up, and I was like, okay, well, let me go move my car to real parking. I don't know where I parked. <laughs> so I ran back, moved the car, and I running back to the restaurant, we were upstairs and walking up the stairs, trying to, like, trying to stop breathing hard and make sure I wasn't sweating. And it's COVID, so, like, the restaurant is almost empty, but these couples are at each table, 10 feet separated. And my last step... Caught the toe on the stair and ate it. No, bro. Oh no. yeah. Did she see it? Oh, everybody saw it. <laughs> people, people down the street heard it. And I just look. I got up, looked around, and just gave everybody a, "Hey, how y'all doing?" Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm good. I'm good. And everyone started laughing. And then we went, we went on about the rest of the date. And uh, I think that was the icing on the cake for her. She had a clumsy speed skater, and that's what she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, don't you supposed to have balance? Uh, on skates, yeah. Yeah, all right, all right. It's a little different. Yeah. You did say you probably, you try to play other sports and fail miserably. Oh, yeah. I fall, I trip and fall on feet all the time. You put me on wheels wow. and we're rocking. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I, can, I can't even imagine it, man. So, like, you know, I'm always fascinated with the, with the brain more than anything. So, uh, with speed skating being an individual sport and, and a lot mental, um, what are what are some lessons that you learned from speed skating that helped you in the in the world of work, uh, or honestly in the world of relationship? Um, what up? I would say um, it's dedication. If you're going to choose to do it, okay, you have to be you have to be all the way in, and you have to. It takes a lot of sacrifice. You have to do without a lot of things, especially in speed skating. We're not making big bucks. You gotta 
be okay to do without money to achieve a goal. You have to sacrifice a lot. And I think that's the same in life and relationship on any scale. You have to be will like you have to be willing to give up things to achieve the ultimate goal. Uh, uh, do you think individual sports got a certain perseverance compared to team sports? Uh, that's a hard one. I don't want to say one's like harder or they're, yeah. they're different, okay. but okay. the, the risk. So an individual sport, if you lose, you, you lost. Yeah. It could be, yeah. it could be your, uh, this happened, this had preparation, but that's still on you. So you're always carrying this, this backpack, uh, uh, of things that could possibly go wrong and you have to, you have to navigate them on a team sport. That's why I love to play in soccer or even now I still play roller derby on traditional quad skates. I love that team aspect of like, it's gotcha. not, it's not all on me. Like I score the points, but still my teammates need to be there to get me, get me through. And in soccer was great being able to excel at that sport, but also having a team surround me. Um, in speed skating, you have a team that you train with, but once that gun goes off, it's you. It's over. It's you and the clock. It's uh, wow. If you lose, you lost. If you win, you won. See, I, I, I agree with you so much, man, because playing team sports all my life, like even if I was to take a game-winning shot and miss, I mean, it's other rebounds somebody could have got, uh, other shots people, other people could have made. But when you play in individual sports, man, it's it's nowhere to hide. Like I just think I don't think one is better than the other because I think both of them are useful. Uh, I just think individual sports build you different, man. Do you know? I realized like I was running the other day, like for like uh, I mean, a couple months ago. I can't run right now. Uh, and like I realized I was going for like I realized I can't do really nothing over three minutes because every sport I ever played was super quick powerful last anywhere between 20 seconds and max 45 seconds to a minute uh to do anything over three minutes was a, like it was so challenging on my brain like you know what i'm saying boredom stick in right. questioning stick in and i think i think those individual sports give you a different uh a level of of perseverance than it does in team sports oh and that's that's absolutely right even like I mean, after high school, like I, I played a little basketball at like the gym or, and I'd run game with dudes that could really play. They could shoot. I couldn't shoot to save my life. Like if literally if my life depended upon it, I couldn't make like a free throw. But my endurance to be able to get up and down the court and they would always get annoyed because dude would be coming up to the rim just about to lay it up and I'm, he might've stole the ball from me, but I'm coming and I would pop it back from under him. So I was the run around the court, get people confused, oh. and then give it to my dude that could shoot. So, <laughs> so it, it was cool being able to, just because I couldn't shoot doesn't mean I can't play basketball, just the quickness and being able, having yeah. the endurance to, to turn it back up. It would exhaust people. And that, that just comes I, with building that big base from speed skating. Yeah, you know, uh, like I always, you know, those are typically the hardest people to uh to guard and typically it's the first person i always look for to to play with uh because you just got people that's not that talented but they never gonna give up like they gonna hustle they gonna die for balls right. and and that's those are the the key pieces that like 
don't get a lot of recognition in the papers, but those are the people, those are the reason why you win those games. Right. You know, um, so like with, with like speed skating, man, um, how much do you feel like speed skating is mental versus uh, physical? Because I learned a lot what you're telling me, like, could you basically in the squatted position the entire time? And like, I know it's some mental aspects to it, but you talked to me about physically being able to to finish, not just mentally. So you literally trying to survive for the next half of half of a minute. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's, right. that's a little different than, than other sports. You know, with speed skating, whenever you're competing at the highest level with the best speed skaters in the world, everyone's okay. everyone's the most fit person on the planet. Like you're not gonna gotcha. That's not you're not winning just off of fitness. You win gotcha. you winning off of small technical gains and a mental capacity mm. to take it to another level. Even your dudes that okay. can open up super fast where they get a big gap on you at the beginning of the race, those guys have to open up as go as fast as they can go and then have that the balls and have that heart to to know it's going to be the worst pain ever but still finish that race to win you don't get a medal for winning the first five 100 meters in a 500 meter you don't get a medal for the first 200 meters you got to finish the whole race it's that last 200 meters that last 300 meters that's the one that gets you the medal and yes i've had my ups and downs but i know how to find that gear that i mean there's been good times and bad where i've kind of lost that and had to find it again that's what speed skating is always uh you could have three days of like bruh i found it i found the missing puzzle yeah i found the missing yeah, puzzle yeah. piece and then you show up on day four and you're like what the hell happened it was just there yeah <laughs> that, and yeah. that's literally what it's speed skating have- is so do you have like a, like a legit example or, or memory you can think of when you had to get like that last little bit out? Uh, where did you go mentally to be able to get it? Or what what did you think about? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. It was the, the race that I'm most proud of is that 10K. Okay. Knowing, so in speeds, in long track speed skating, when someone comes over the top of you, that means that y'all have to switch lanes in the back stretch and they're so far ahead of you that they switch lanes in front of you coming to the inner. So you're already losing by like four seconds at least. Oh, shoot. And okay. it was five laps to go. And my coach, Derek Parr at the time, which is an Olympic gold medalist in the 2002 games, he usually has a lap board for me on the backstretch that shows my time. And with five to go, he put the lap board down and had his hands up and said, what are you going to do? Oh. And I put, oh. and I threw, I threw two hands down and started. Right. I started driving. I, w- I went from like a thirty-four second lap down to a twenty-nine, which in a ten k is stupid, insane. But ended up beating wow. this this guy by a full straightaway, which got me the four seconds I needed to make my first World Cup team. So that's that like that next gear that's really hard to come by. And that's why that stands out to me. And I try to remember that moving forward always. So you, you have a baby boy on the way, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, with, with knowing that you're getting up there in age and you having a baby boy on the way, becoming a first time father, uh, does that change anything for you 
uh, with your relationship with trying to get to the Olympics? Are you in more of a rush, less patient? Uh, what, what does that look like for you? Um, in a way it does, but luckily with the fiance that I have, she doesn't allow me to, to go there mentally. Like for me, being a father is the most important thing that any, like any man could ever get. And I don't take it lightly. So I, I'm willing to give up everything to make sure that he has everything he needs. But she will not let me give up a dream of mine to to support our family. So I mean that's I mean that's how you know you found your one. So she does keep me. She kind of uh, puts me back on on track whenever I start veering away, kind of panicking about financials. She really keeps me in check with what's important. And so we're gonna make it. That's why I mean it, we're a team. We always say say that to each other, especially when the other one's kind of a, in a certain headspace. We're a team, we'll do this together. It's not a one-sided deal. So I, I, I do stay, she keeps me focused and I, I wanna achieve the goals that I set out to achieve, especially for my little boy whenever he's older and he has to look back on that. I don't wanna have any regrets, but my, my goal is always to make sure that I'm, I'm there for my family and I provide for them in every way possible. So, like, with that said, uh, has that changed your drive a little bit or increased your drive? Uh, have that having a baby boy in a way uh, now? Are you skating for not only yourself, uh, not only to to uh, make your fiance proud, but also in turn the legacy of your child? Um, I don't. I don't go too much into like any like too deep into that. Okay. I want my son to be able to be proud of me and for me to be proud of myself also, but really for him to look back and be proud and see what, I've, what I accomplished. I don't think too much on legacies or like what my name leaves behind that I think that's getting a little too big for my bridges. Okay. Um, I mean, I've been speed skating so long. Yes, it's important to me, but once that boy enters this world, everything is a little more, a little more less significant. Gotcha. I would say a little less significant. Try to use a double negatives over here. Yeah. <laughs> a little less significant, but it still doesn't. In the moment, it might change, but it still doesn't change in the grand scheme. What what I set out to do, and having a teammate like Taylor, my fiance, on my side, uh, just it really helps. Uh, keep me in check. I'm not getting away from the dream I set out to before I met her. And I think that's just the, I think it's one of those things that's super important to have. So like, I know, I know you said, uh, you're not really into like the legacy stuff. It's, it's weird because I, I never really was either, uh, until, uh, when my, when my father passed away, uh, I, I looked, I would been in this funeral and like, holy shoot, like, this is what impact looked like, right? Because we tend to always, we want to make an impact and we want to make a difference in the world. Uh, unfortunately, we, a lot of times, don't get to see the difference that we actually made, right? Or it's just way bigger than what you ever thought. And right. when I say his, I'm like, oh my God, like, I just want to make sure, like, uh, that his legacy never dies. So I wanted to create 
some cool things for like my future, future, future kids to be like, you know what? My great, great granddaddy was cool as hell. And he was funny. And some of those lessons still relevant today. So um, I'll say all that to ask uh, my favorite final question that I ask everybody. So um, when it's all said and done, uh, when it's all said and done, um, you're on your final days, uh, what is the legacy you wish to leave behind? When people thinking about Justin, the speed skater, the non-athlete in any other sport, uh, what is something that you would want your fiance or your kid or your parents uh, to remember you by? Well, on, so just to take a little bit what you said, like with your father, when he passed, you wanted to really step up in your life to, to leave that for your kids, grandkids, and so forth. Um, it's the same for me, but in a different way. My dad had me, I was 15, he was 15 when I was born. And that's the man that literally, he doesn't, he will go without anything. He does he needs water and some food to eat all so that we could have everything we want. I, like we poor, we grew up poor, but not really knowing it, like really low income and not really knowing that we were at it in that position because he made sure him and my mom made sure it didn't matter what they allowed us. I mean, speed skating is an expensive sport, and I was able to do it my whole life. And I want that for my kid. I want to, I will do whatever I need to do. I will do, I will go without so him and his mom can have anything they want, and they'll never want for anything because I will lay everything on the line to provide it. And that's really, when I think legacy at all, Uh that's Uh the legacy I want. Because it's like thinking of my dad, he, he works, he works in the oil field my whole life. He still works in the oil field and out three or four weeks at a time without seeing us at all. I don't know how many holidays he's missed, birthdays. And if he got home and they said, you got to come back to work tomorrow morning at three in the morning, he'll be up before without making a sound, his bag ready to go. And he's back to the grind because we, if we want things, he's there to provide it. Even in my thirties, my brother's just is about to turn thirty, and we both have that our dad in us, in that sense. And my mom is just this on that same level. She she'll do anything to make sure that we have everything. Like she's been sending baby presents from Amazon for the last like three months. <laughs> like we we stocked up. I mean, my parents are absolutely amazing, and if I even dip into legacy talk that's the legacy i want to leave behind that um i I will do anything to provide for my family man look i just want to say man uh first time i talk to you i say yeah that's gonna be my guy forever so i can't wait oh i can't wait till you make it to be like yeah i knew he was gonna make it I appreciate I can't wait for us to meet face to face and uh, chop it up a bit, even go through some workouts. It'll be cool to see. I love um, learning like through trainers, like elite level trainers, uh, the differences to get to achieve a goal, whether that's fitness yep. or anything in life and seeing your outlook on a workout and then kind of chopping it up to see. How can, how could we make that more effective? Or I think that's that'd be a super cool thing. We gotta we got something to aim for. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey man, uh 
in a creative way, man, I'm always trying to figure out how to make, how to bring great minds together and, uh, and make something bigger than uh, you and I both, man. And, uh, and, and I'll be out there, man. I, uh, my sister my sister graduated from med school in, in Utah. I'm just scared to fly. So once I get over that a little bit, oh, that five-hour flight, man, scared the heck out of me. Man, so what you, like, in you, know South, what? you in South Florida, you going to say like a 35-hour drive? You got that? Man, <laughs> nah, I ain't driving either. I hate driving too, so... <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't know, man. But you yeah, know, I'm definitely, uh, definitely be excited, man. Anytime I'm even close your way, I definitely uh, beat out. And and I got some, I got some crazy thoughts that I thought of when you just said that. And, uh, and more than anything, I always tell people that like you can give me uh, your money, but whenever you give me your time, that's way more special. And like um, just listening to you and like your passion behind, it's no doubt that you're gonna be a fantastic, fantastic father. And you already that. a fantastic. You are, you already a fantastic fiance, man. So I just want to say thank you so much for uh, lending your time, especially after a rigorous uh, real estate exam. Uh, I know busy doing other stuff, and it's a time difference. So I just want to say thank you for uh, for joining me on our first episode this year. And uh, and I think we got more story. More in store, man. We can't just end it here. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate you having me. It, this was this is great. Um, happy we were able to get the time out to chop it up and talk about life. It actually it kind of has me on refresh mode, ready ready to get back, to, <laughs> ready to keep grinding. Like all, all, talks like this always keep me like they kind of re reset me. And yeah. I appreciate I appreciate you having me. Thank you, man. Well, we'll chop it up soon. All right, I'm not the type of person to come in somebody's life and just just dip the hell out. All right, so uh, first episode down to 2021. All right, brought to you by Ray's Rambling Shot of Espresso. All right, until next time, people. Y'all. Thank you for listening to the Ray's Ramblings podcast. I hope it brought you value this week. If it did, Make sure you subscribe and follow Ray's Ramblings on social media. If you want the key points, bonus materials from this episode and future episodes, head over to raysramblings.com slash podcast and sign up for the Ray Club. You also get special perks, early access, and weekly motivation sent directly to your inbox, people. All of it for free just by signing up for the Ray Club at raysramblings.com slash podcast again thanks for listening people have a great week and be the best version of yourself